that's enough. I think we got that. Okay. First podcast? First, <laughs> first podcast. Tell everybody how this came about, Haley, please. It just feels so freaking awkward. Well, that's kind of what a podcast is. We're going to have to cut all this beginning part. No, we're okay. keeping this in. No. So, I was uh, listening to my normal podcast, as I normally do. And I was like, you know what? I want to do it. So, texted my biffle Ashlyn over here <laughs> on my way to work. Biffle. It was... Literally 6. 6.50 in the morning. 6.50 in the morning. Yeah. I was like, I am asleep. Very asleep. <laughs> I had just pulled into work. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> and I said, oh, what did I say? I think you were literally were like, so I want to start a podcast. Do you want to do it with me? And I was like, uh, well, I, okay, I guess. I don't, I don't know what brought this about, but sure, let's do it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the text was, I want to start a podcast. And then I was like, so what are we doing? What's this about? I said, literally anything that makes me have trust issues. And I kind of like that. I was like, yeah, I do have issues with trust in general, but also basically all the things we're going to talk about. Yeah. So really just anything that makes you think, hmm, that might not be right. <laughs> That's this. Mm, this is making me question a lot of things. This is a little fishy or actual murder cases of, well guess you really can't trust people that you think that you know or you don't know definitely uh so yeah i'm thinking we're getting gonna get into a lot of topics lots of topics. i'm still scrolling looking for that text oh by my the way. gosh you know it would have been quicker if you just searched it you can't search yeah you can am i about to teach you something new Haley? you can search for a text message all right so you come up here uh here's a little intro on how to text message on an iphone okay so you come to your messages you see this little search bar at the top Okay, well, I know I said, what about trust issues? So I'm just typing in trust issues. Here, on Monday. There it is. Literally on Monday. Got it. Monday. Monday this week? Monday, Monday this the 10th. week. 6.35, I'm corrected. You said, I want to do a podcast. Do you want to do it with me? And you said, Lamo, sure. Lamo. <laughs> <laughs> I think Lamo? Lamo. Lameo? I say Lamo. That's like laugh ass my off. Lamau. <laughs> That's it. That's the one. Lamau. And then about what? And um, I said I had ideas, but really just what ideas? <laughs> one idea. One idea. Yeah, one yeah. Single. Singular. Um. Oh. <laughs> I haven't even introduced ourselves. Oh my gosh. <laughs> All right. So that's Haley Burr. Oh God! Don't throw my last name. Haley, it's on the podcast. Is it? Okay. I'm pretty sure on the artwork you said our last names. No, I didn't. Just by Ashlyn and Haley? Yeah. Really? Yeah. No, I think you're lying. I, I don't think I am. I'm I think I'm sure looking it up right now. As I was making this artwork in my bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. I said Ashlyn and Haley. I just feel like, I mean, maybe. I think that you are very wrong and I am very right. <laughs> I mean, I haven't looked at it as closely as you have. I didn't make it. You did. It says, loading your image, first and foremost, a podcast by Ashlyn and Haley. You're welcome. I feel like they have to know our last names, though. Okay, so yes. Burr, as in Aaron Burr, as in Hamilton, as in one of the best last names I could ever have in this world. And then Ashlyn Young. (laughs) Basic... (laughs) 
American. Oh my gosh. <laughs> You're just going to throw me under the bus. Uh, Young is a great last name. Always Thank last you. in the roll call. Absolutely. Yes. I believe in our graduating class, I was number 793 out of 797. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think I was in like the second row at graduation. I'm very aware. <laughs> you literally graduated like an hour before me and we were in the same yeah. class. You know. All right. So. I think, you know, got through the introductions. Haley. Ashlyn. Yes. Ashlyn Haley. Ashlyn Haley. Here we are. Um, So basically, this podcast, We Can't Have Trust Issues, is about all things we can't have trust with. So murder, conspiracy theories. We haven't really, like, solidified all that yet. More like, you know, whatever fancies us that week. Like urban legends, uh, people leaving, leading double lives. Yeah. Anything that's kind of messed up and you're like, all right. This is why we can't trust people. Yeah. Can't trust nobody. Can't trust nobody. (sighs) (laughs) Heavy sigh. Heavy sigh. I'm like, if only we could uh, subtitle this. I feel like. Subtitle it. I feel like the closed captioning would be pretty intense. We do have one visitor with us right now. Yes, yes, we do. Um, Out of the three fur babies that I have in my house, only one truly loves me enough to be in here. Hi, Welly. Hi, Wellington. Oh, here he comes. He's coming over here. So, Wellington is an overweight, um, (laughs) rushing blue cat. Hi, honey. Oh, can you hear the. And that was the soundbite of Welly uh, purring. <laughs> not not a sign, not not really a soundbite. Him actually purring. Thank you, thank you. And now he's probably gonna lay on me for the whole podcast. Cool, cool. Yeah. Oh gosh, I actually might have to move him. He might be purring in the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing is just Welly purring. We I... don't even need the podcast. It's just Welly. I'm sorry. Welly. This is turning into ASMR. Okay, you're sorry. You got to go back over here. Oh, bye, Welly. Sorry, I'm getting my laptop back. You can't sit. I'm Aww. sorry. Okay. Children. Am I right? Children of the corn. <laughs> okay. Man, Welly's picture isn't even on I know. the podcast You're, art. You have, you selected only the dogs. I know. So. Welly's going to be the star of the show. <laughs> I know. He's not even on there. Groot's never going to come down here. Okay. I have three animals. I have two cats and a dog. And Ashton only has a dog. So we put our dog silhouettes on the podcast artwork. And Ashton's dog, Jackson, isn't even here. No, no, he's not. <laughs> and my dog, Groot, is upstairs. It is what it is. Um, okay, so... So we want to start this thing? Yeah, who's going first? Did we I decide think... that? No, we didn't. No, I feel like you should go first. Me? Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> All right. Well, I was debating what to do for this episode. I didn't want to start with anything like too like well known mm-hmm. and then regret it later because this is literally the first episode and we have no idea what we're doing. That's valid. Well, I thought you were going to say you didn't want to start with anything heavy and I definitely went balls to the wall on that. So. Oh, no, 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 no. I mean, this this podcast is heavy. Cool, cool. Okay. Just wanted to make sure. With a little little comedic relief as needed. Oh, I am the comedic relief. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so moving on. Um, I I am going to tell you about a man. Okay. A man. Oh, should we tell them that our our, our stories have a theme? 
this week? Yeah, I mean, we like you just say who you're doing and then what like what the theme is, and then I'll when it comes my turn, I'll say what I'm doing and then what that theme is. No, I meant like that we both decided to do like Texas stories. Oh, was that the theme? I didn't realize that was the thing. I just happened. Oh my, my god. Anyways, okay. <laughs> Literally yeah. told Ashlyn, I was like, hey, because, you know, we live in Texas, great state of Texas, should we do Texas stories as our first episode? And she's like, yeah, let's do it. I'm going to look into this. These <laughs> I things. don't even remember that. And I was literally looking at urban legends in Texas before I decided to do a true story about a man in Texas. Okay, so. Anyways. What is this? Take three? <laughs> All right. I'm going to tell you a story about a man from Texas. Okay. His name is Jason Collier. I feel like I know this name. You do. I think you do. I think I've sent you, I sent you the link on Facebook or maybe it was vice versa Mm -hmm. when Mm -hmm. uh, this story broke this year Mm because it was pretty interesting. So for people who don't know who Jason Collier is, he is a man that decided to have one wife. Two to three fiancés. Oh. And about 15 girlfriends. Cool. That's that's a grade A player right there. Talk about trust issues. Trust issues. Like, shit, you can't trust nobody. No, can't trust nobody. So, Jason Collier. He is the chief of police. Uh, okay. In Stinnett, Stinnett, <laughs> Texas. Stinnett. Well, wait, wait, wait. That video in, uh, uh, big... Oh, no. Now I'm not going to get it. And uh, all my friends is stick-am. <laughs> <laughs> stick-am. That's what that just reminded me of. Well, I have never heard of this city. Apparently, okay. it's close to Amarillo. Okay. Uh, we don't know Amarillo because <laughs> Ashley and I are Dallas people. Yes, Dallasites. Dallasites. So, um, he's the chief of police in Stinnett. I don't know if it's Stinnett or Stinnett, but, you know, I'm just going to say Stinnett. And also, fun fact, mm-hmm. ordained minister. Oh, my God. All right. So we're going to start with a woman. Once again, I'm just going to preface this. I am bad at pronouncing names. I do not know where you want the mm-hmm. uh, enunciation. Same here. Same or the here. emphasis on which syllable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this young lady, her name is either Cecily or Cicely. Okay, cool. I think I'm going to go with Cecily. I'm feeling Cecily, yeah. All right. So, Cecily Steinmetz. And I'm saying their names because, y'all, this story blew up on Facebook. And these ladies were airing all of their laundry. Their names were linked to their profiles. Oh, man. Cecily Steinmetz shares a photo of her and Jason in late January. And this is the beginning of the end for Jason. Oh, boy. So a friend of Cecily's sees the photo and she's like, hey, I recognize him. I think I know him from somewhere. I can't place it. I'll get back to you. And Cecily's like, whatever. Like, he's my fiance. Oh, yeah. He's my fiance. They got engaged in November. Of course. um, November of 2020. And so she posted in 2021 in January. And she was like, we're going to get married. This is great. He got me a coffee maker. Like, all this stuff. Like, he sent me $5,000. I'm going to go pick out a ring. Oh, my goodness. All right. Cecily's good friend was like, hey, figured it out. I'm friends with his wife. Oh. Um, his wife named Opal. What a way to find out. Right. We are friends on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> good. 
good. Great. <laughs> and I just saw an anniversary picture, like, from the past September about them. Did they say what anniversary? Like, um, five make? years. Oh. Wait. Hang on. Yes. Five years. Good. So, um, Cecily's like, uh, no, no, because, um, Jason said that they are, were divorced. And he even sent me a copy of his annulment paperwork from the courthouse. Ooh, doctored. That feels doctored. Mm, I, you're on the right track. Okay, cool. And so Cecily was like, absolutely not. This is not, that's incorrect. Well, lo and behold, it was actually correct. Oh uh, Cecily did some more digging on Facebook and she too found Opal. And it was on Facebook that they were married and all this stuff. So Cecily decides to take this to the um, Stinnett Police Department Facebook page. Great. <laughs> Great. Okay. <laughs> Definitely in 2020. Got it. 2021. Oh, 2021. 2021. Rather. And, uh, well, the first thing she does is make a post saying she does not recommend the city of Stinnett. Oh, just blast them. Just <laughs> done. Blasted. We're done with them. She says, do not recommend the city of Stinnett. Okay. So, I'm going to read you what the Facebook page post was. And it says, Cecily Steinmetz doesn't recommend City of Stinnett, January 26th at 10.40 a.m. She, she woke up and chose violence. She woke up. She was like, like I'm done. I'm going to ruin his day. <laughs> Just the day. Just the Just day. day. I mean... We'll, we'll get into it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Chief Jason Collier is living a double slash triple life. I was his girlfriend until yesterday. She said girlfriend, but she told people fiance yeah, I was as like, well. Didn't she? Was this the one that went to go get the ring? She had the money to go get the ring. He okay. had proposed. Okay, cool. Okay. His girlfriend until yesterday. He lied to me and presented me with fake annulment documents when I found out he was married. I also found out about a second girlfriend, Stephanie, last night. He has lied to us, our children, and asked both of us to marry him. He is a poor representative of your town. He would also visit me in Amarillo when he was on shift. We just returned from vacation in Taos. I don't know where Taos is. On Sunday. Meanwhile, his other girlfriend was told he was on a work assignment in Portland, Oregon. Wow. So that's where that started. Then, but, like, hold, please. Yes. Chief of police mm-hmm. in small-town Amarillo-ish Texas. Yes. Has an assignment in Portland, Oregon. Okay. I'm going to give these ladies the <laughs> okay. benefit of the okay. doubt. Okay, all right. Apparently, he came off as Mr. Perfect. So they were I just would assume so, if he's got 15 so, girlfriends, yeah. however many fiancés, and a wife. So happy that they had found this wonderful man, and I'm not going to be mean. Okay. Probably just, they were also just very happy. You know what? They're living their best life. Yes. He made himself himself sound overly important as well. Mm. I'll kind of get into that later. After that post about not recommending the city, Cecily then goes to the police department Facebook page, which if anyone tries to search it now, their Facebook page has been deleted and has been re-uploaded since March of this year. <laughs> They're like, we were getting so much hate. <laughs> no, literally on the little side panel, it says we do not tolerate like defamation, oh my name calling. All from Jason and his. <laughs> All from Jason. Multiple lives. Yes. So if anyone's trying to go find these old Facebook posts, unfortunately, they are gone. But uh, if you're lucky enough to scroll through Google images <laughs> or find articles like I did. 
you can find them. The internet has everything. The internet does have everything. She starts posting, um, just like airing out all her dirty laundry on the Facebook, the Facebook for the police department. And then lo and behold, enter stage left. <laughs> yeah. We're in theater now. Okay. Christy Schaefer. Christy Schaefer sees her post, like, about this detailed thing about how he was with her on this weekend and he went out of town on the other weekend. And Christy goes, hold up. He was with me that weekend. Oh, okay. That he was out on an assignment. Yes, yeah. And so Cecily was like, oh my gosh, another one. (laughs) So Christy and Cecily become best friends. Oh, naturally. On Facebook. FBI agents, they start going through the timeline. They start, like, getting all the dots together. They're like, Jason was here this time. Oh, but he was with me in this time. Wait, they're not actually FBI. They're just like, no, no, okay, no. okay. I was like, wow, they married? They put okay. on their FBI hats. Heard. Yes. And so <clears throat> Cecily was mentioning, like, oh, you know, when he first became chief of police back in um, February of 2020, it mentioned him being married with four children. Well, then they found out. He was actually in charge of the Facebook page. The police department oh. Facebook page, Jason. Of course. Went back to that post. Oh, my gosh. And changed it to no longer say married and just said <sighs> father of four children. Jason <laughs> Rice. So they found that whole thing. <clears throat> and then, so Christy and Cecily start posting detailed things. They say he bought them each a coffee maker. Now, if you guys search Jason Collier memes... There's going to be Mr. Coffee. There's going to be Mr. Coffee mate box, like, with a girl in a wedding dress. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> because I don't know why he decided to choose to give everyone a coffee maker, but all of his girlfriends, which he had several that were popping up, they also confirmed that they got coffee makers. I mean, I'm not trying to knock the coffee maker, because, like, everybody needs a good coffee maker. But, like, why a coffee maker? I- it's a good question. Like, he he so got very things. upset about it, and he said it was an espresso machine. Oh my gosh! You know what I would like? A air fryer. Can he give all of his girlfriends and wives an air fryer? Um, you can ask him. I'm sure, we're gonna get to that because he is back in the game. Of actually. course, he is. <laughs> oh no! I right, so remember this all happened January of this year. Was when that yeah, photo and was it's posted. May. So this yeah, is it's not May. long ago. Um, they confirmed that they each got a coffee maker. And then Cecily posted that his, and this is in quotes, because this is what she wrote. His plan was to move here to Amarillo with me, get married, retire in December, and then do the other job full time. He even was planning out where he could put his desk in my house close to mine since I work from home. So Homeboy mm-hmm. was telling her he was going to retire in cool. December yeah. of 2021. Naturally. And then he had, like, this side job that was taking him to Portland, Oregon. <laughs> okay. Doing, like, he said disaster relief and, Oregon? like, emergency response. Like, he would travel all over the U.S. Okay. So it was, like, this other job. And he said, like, he worked with the U.S. government. Made himself ooh. seem important. Yeah, I was like, ooh. So all these security. other girls were like, oh, my gosh. He's, so, like, he's so dangerous. He's, like, <laughs> he's, he's just really. He's secret agent. <laughs> Such a 
Okay. And then Christy was like, um, supposedly, this is in quotes, mm-hmm. supposedly he's in the running for a position in Gillette, Wyoming. I was in contact with realtors and he and I had looked at what homes we'd wanted since I have five kids. Oh my goodness. And he has two of his own and we'd be much closer to my parents. But then suddenly he was offered a position making $230,000 a year <gasps> in Louisiana. He thinks his ex aka his current wife put in a good word for him and he would manage private contracting or training in new orleans so we were planning to build a barn dominium together oh my gosh end quotation my thing is if you were going to be leading a secret life and have all these side people why are you looking at houses true yeah you're like putting down roots why are you planning on building a barn dominium like, what is Opal going to say, when, his wife, Yes. when you are suddenly, like, down a deposit that you put down on land for a barn dominium? I don't know. I don't know what Jason was thinking. If he bought and built a house with someone else, but still lived with his wife, Opal, so now he's going to also live... Yes. Part-time. <laughs> part-time husband. Oh, but did I not mention... That Christy was engaged to Jason as well. Christy was the second fiance. So now, here's our timeline of women. Opal, current wife, not an old marriage, Mm -hmm. current wife. Cecily got engaged to him in November of 2020. Stephanie, extra girlfriend that was seeing Jason at the same time. Now Christy who confirmed that she got engaged in December of 2020 to him. Now, you know, the women are trying to get a hold of Opal. Mm -hmm. They want to contact her and be like, do you know what is going on? Because we just found out and we don't want you to be blindsided by this. And so they found her on Facebook through Cecily's friend Mm -hmm. and they tried to message her. Well, guess what? What? Opal was not on Facebook. Mm-hmm. It was Jason. Oh my God. <clears throat> it was Jason because he had all the passwords to his wife, both of his fiance's Facebooks, all of his girlfriend's Facebooks. Oh my God. He had access to their Facebooks, yet he never shared his password with them. Talk about a master manipulator. I know. So through Opal's Facebook, he told Cecily and Christy that they were divorced. So that it made it seem like Opal was saying like, yeah, we're divorced. Mm-hmm. And then Christy and Cecily were like, absolutely not. This is definitely Jason. Oh my gosh. They they stopped trying to contact Opal through Facebook. They went back to the police department page. Guess what? What? A new girlfriend has appeared. Oh my god. What? Oh, oh my god. Katie. Poor Katie. Jesus. Is she, I assume she's not aware of any of this? Or no. She's, okay. She, one of her friends tagged her in the post. Oh my god. Because, guys, this is like blowing up over the span of like a few days. So people are sharing links to this police department's Facebook page. <laughs> They're just like, they see the post. It's like, hey, at Haley, uh, aren't you dating this guy? Like, hey, isn't this your boyfriend, Jason? <laughs> Oh my god. So poor Katie gets tagged and she's like, Well, yeah, 
We've been dating for two months. Oh my god. I too got a coffee machine. <laughs> <laughs> Not the coffee machine. No, 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 Haley, don't knock it. It's an espresso machine. Espresso machine. And then she too is able to confirm that he was with her one of the weekends that he oh, said that course. he was on assignment. Of course, yes. So and she posted pictures. So she like she verified like this is us together. <laughs> uh and so <laughs> they try to go talk to Jason. All right. Opal's Facebook, deactivated. Mm -hmm. Jason's Facebook, deactivated. Now, I'm assuming Jason did all this. Yes. So, like, he he deactivated their Facebooks. I'm sure if he was allowed to deactivate the police department one, he would. Mm -hmm. But he didn't. It stayed open. And poor Katie didn't get any closure from any of this. Because as Jason saw that the news was breaking and he was shutting down the Facebooks, he texted her. Oh, my goodness. And she shared the screenshot. I'm not in a good place to keep seeing you. He texted her that. Mm-hmm. So, like, so. no explanation. And then, like, Katie had lost all contact with him. Of course, yeah. Now, January 27th. Oh, my gosh. Just imagine you're Katie. You're just like, you know what? I met this pretty decent guy. Things are going well. All of a sudden, my world is rocked. And, and then says, I just get a text from him saying, sorry, not sorry. This is like, the end. Bye. Oh my god. I'm not in a good place. Is that better or worse than just getting ghosted? Uh, I mean, at least she's seeing, like, what's happening. I don't like ghosting, just because it's like... Yeah, that's valid. I mean, I feel like if I were her, and then later I saw this, I don't know, on the news or something, I'd be like, what the fuck just happened? I literally don't even understand. Okay, cool. That, that's <laughs> that's who I was dating. Okay, cool. <laughs> You're like, oh, so that's where he went. <laughs> Wonderful. Good to know. Good to know. Um, So, I lied. January 26th. Jason gets arrested. I can't imagine why. (laughs) Not for cheating or having two fiancés and all those things. He gets arrested because he did indeed forge his annulment paperwork. I knew it! I called it. Yes. It was called forging a government document. And he was arrested and his bail, whatever, was put at $10,000. Oh my goodness. Now, we got some interesting things happening. Mm -hmm. Two women, authors who wrote other books i didn't do any research on them they basically also saw all of this unfolding on facebook and they somehow were able to reach out to jason i don't know how they did it okay they got a hold of jason they said hey we want to write your story so there is a book a book out there everyone if you want to pay five dollars to read it on kindle did you pay five dollars to read it i did i just wanted to see what it was it was a waste of money don't do it <clears throat> okay well well okay, if you do want to spend if you waste want the money if you want to read jason's pity party mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. him trying to make himself seem better like yes what he did was messed up yes i'm sure he has a uh, not great life but the whole book is like a pity party like woe is me Mm. i knew what i was doing but he like still denied ever being engaged to these women and so yes i skimmed it uh it is called texted lies whispered truths jason collier's story so if you want to read it you can it's on it's on amazon a very short read less than an hour 68 pages uh that's just for you guys if you want to do it and then Something else, a new development has popped up. Opal has finally come out of hiding. Oh. So Opal divorced Jason. 
Officially. Officially. Like, for sure. Okay, good. Like, she did it. I she mean, if she didn't, I feel like we'd need to talk to Opal. Yes. Yes. Well, she, she did. She filed for divorce. She's divorced Jason. And, uh, but, you know, that didn't get Jason down because uh, he went on Dr. Phil. Oh, my God. So, you know, that's America for you. He needs all you, of the publication that he You can have get. a wife, two fiancés, 15 girlfriends. You lose your job. They arrest you. Your wife files for divorce, yet you get a book deal. Uh-huh. Yeah. And you get to go on Dr. Phil. Well, but did Dr. Phil, like, ream him? Because I feel like... I mean, they talked it out, and Jason was like, this isn't what I'm going to do with my life, and I'm going to turn it around, that kind of stuff. But we're getting there. Okay, okay. I won't ruin it. So, he got to go on Dr. Phil. So, he got all this publicity, tried to make himself seem better, did all the things. Um, He has a new girlfriend. And she fell for it? Okay. Uh, or she, she, knows, she knows who he is. Oh, I was like, or maybe she just doesn't see this. And he made a joke. Oh. On, so he's back on Facebook. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes, of course. Posted a picture with her. They went to a crawfish boil. And he said, found a new recipient oh. for oh the God. coffee maker. <laughs> oh, my God. For the coffee maker. Oh, no, Jason. I mean, hey, at least he's taking it to heart. He's just like, like let's, you know Now what? he's joking about it. But, yeah, he was, like, joking that he's going to get her a coffee maker. But, Ashlyn, oh it gets gosh. worse. Oh, okay. All right. Buckling in. Well, okay. Let me start with something that's not that bad. Opal, mm-hmm. five days ago, five days ago, I am not doing the math, listed her rings from Jason <laughs> on eBay. Oh they are for sale to the highest bidder. There's still like 21 days left. So if anyone wants to go like bid on that and get that poor girl some right money. Now? Huh? Do you know what it's at right now? Oh, I think it's only at like 260 Hang on. Like $260? I feel like she could get more than that. Hold, please. Okay. I went back to the eBay page. And unfortunately, you, probably, you guys probably won't be able to see it because it closes in five days. Um, but the ring, Opal's wedding ring, is uh, worth, well, the highest bid is $280 right now. And that's as of today. And it closes in five days and 21 hours. So hopefully Opal can get a little more money for that. She deserves some she deserves money. For the grief that she has put through or been put through. And then here's the worst part. Oh, good. Just when you think Jason has maybe become a better person. Definitely. He has that new girlfriend that they went to the crawfish boil. Mm-hmm. He posted a picture of her online, said she's getting a coffee maker. You would think he'd know to like not be online anymore. But he can't help himself. Hmm. On May 13th, someone shared their screenshots from Bumble. Oh my god! And no. Jason strikes again. And this girl was like, I don't believe that it's you because you can pull any picture from the internet and say that you're Jason and like all this stuff. She was like, I want you to write the date and your name on a piece of paper and hold it up in the photo. Mm-hmm. He did. He took a picture of himself with his name, the current date, in a photo, and sent it to this girl to prove that it was him. Oh, my gosh. And so they talked about how he was trying to own up to his mistakes and be a better person. And then all the stuff, she gets to the very bottom. She goes, but you're dating someone now. (gasps) Oh, call him out. And I'm going to leave it at that because that's the latest news on Jason. And... 
That poor girl. Oh my god. Crawfish girlfriend. <laughs> Crawfish it, it just... girl. Oh, I don't wow. know. I hope she knows everything about him, so I hope it's she knows what she's getting into because he's already back on Bumble. I mean, I'm not trying to be that person, but like, once a cheater, always a cheater. Yeah, you can't so... change someone's stripes. I don't. Is think... that the saying? I feel like maybe, <laughs> maybe you can't make a tiger change his stripes. Sure. Okay, that feels right. Okay. <laughs> Oh, no. Well, I feel so bad for Crawfish Girl. Does she have a name or are we just going to call her Crawfish? Uh, we're just going to call her Crawfish Girl. Okay. I'm not going to have people go go sicker on. That's valid. I mean, I'm sure people can easily find her, but. Well, we're definitely going to have to keep getting updates on this story. Like, I want to know if. Oh. I want to know if she gets a coffee maker. <laughs> <laughs> Espresso machine. Espresso machine. Not just Mr. Coffee. Okay. There is yeah. a difference. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Okay, Ashlyn, I'm ready for a story. Haley, okay. I need more trust issues. <laughs> so the story very specifically doesn't necessarily give somebody trust issues, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, the, I feel like we should keep it in. The air freshener the just air fresh- to bless listen, us. We just need to keep the air, you know, happy in here. Okay. So... The story itself is not necessarily about trust issues, but it is a murder. And I feel like you can't trust murders. You feel me? Oh, I feel you. Okay. I mean, this is why I don't go out at night. I have trust issues when there's no light. <laughs> um, well, then you're going to love this one because okay. it's called the Texarkana Moonlight Murders. Texarkana. Texarkana. So, you know, kind of Texas, kind of Arkansas for those not in the Texas. Like by the lake? Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, more or less. Okay. Tell me. Tell okay. Me. So, murders, multiple. Murders. murders. It is the Texarkana Moonlight Murders, a.k.a. the Phantom Killer. Oh, scary. Ooh. <laughs> spooky. <laughs> spooky. So we'll add that to the list because I definitely want to do some spooks. Oh, anyway, spooks, yeah. Spooks. So while yours happened like this year, slash last year, slash also this year, um, mine happened in the spring of 1946. So oh, we're taking us back, all right? The 40s. The 40s. Talk about World War II. The 40s. They were not impacted by World War II as far as I'm concerned. I mean, that was remote. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> You're the history buff, not That's me. That's true. I feel like I'm right. I feel, like, I feel right. like you could be. Okay. I mean, I don't know any better. All right. So here we go. <clears throat> here we go. Okay. The Moonlight Murders. The first two victims. We have Jimmy Hollis, who's 25, and Mary Larry, Laurie, 19. Mary Larry? Ma- <laughs> I, that can't be right, right? Mary Larry. L-A-R-E-Y. L-A-R-E-Y. Larry. 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 Mary Larry. Really? Oh, I hate English. Larry? <laughs> La- Larry? Let's Her do it with the Texas accent. Be so Mary Larry, all right? Mary Larry. All right, so we have Jimmy Hollis, 25, Mary Larry, 19. They are boyfriend oh, and girlfriend. 19. Oh, age difference. Scandal. In the 40s? All right, keep going. How about you just wait till the second story? Anyway. Oh, no. <clears throat> Anyways, on 11.45 p.m. on Friday, February 22nd, Jimmy and Mary are parked on a secluded road known as Lover's Lane. Of course. Which there is indeed a Lover's Lane in Dallas, and that is not the same. Um, and they had just seen a movie together. So this area that they were parked in was about 50 feet off of a road called Robinson Road, uh, that was unpaved and about a hundred yards 
from the last row of city homes. So they're not far, not super far, like a football field's length away from a home, from a home. Like they're not in the middle of nowhere. Right. So they're doing, you know, whatever they do, getting jiggy with it, whatever that may be in the 40s. Probably just a little over the pants. Over the pants hand action. Over the shirt hand action? I thought holding hands. Holding hands. And gazing. We're going to be wholesome in this story. Gazing. It's the 40s. Gazing longingly into each other's eyes. I don't know. I just have this idea in my head. They probably haven't kissed. The 40s, it's like, you know, a little flash of ankle. Honestly, the fact that they're in the same car together unsupervised is probably a no-no. At almost midnight. At almost midnight. That is a scandal. 11.45 p.m. Okay. All right. So, they'd been doing, you know... Hanky panky and or holding hands for about 10 minutes. 11.55, a man wearing a white pillowcase with the eye holes cut out. Um, I'm assuming he couldn't afford a A ski ski mask. mask. (laughs) So he's standing out at night with a white pillowcase? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. He appeared at Jimmy's driver's side door. Shine a flashlight into the window and Jimmy, of course, thought it was a prank. He was like, hey... But you got the wrong person. We're just here holding hands. And uh, please leave, you know. The pillowcase fella, also which will be soon known as the Phantom Killer. Um, spoiler, spoiler. Uh, he said, I don't want to kill you, fella, so do what I say. Quote, end quote. So, you know, they're jostled. They're like, uh, okay, all right. Well, we also don't want to be killed, so... We'll do what you say. So he told them both to get out of the car and he ordered Jimmy, quote, take off your goddamn britches. Oh, that if that doesn't tell you everything you need to know. I was like, britches, britches, britches. Poor Jimmy. After he cold, it's February. It's February. But then again, I mean, Texas in February. That's cold for Texans in February. That's valid. That's valid. Literally had snow again this year in February. You're not wrong. Okay. So after he took off his britches, <laughs> sorry, I just didn't want to say pants. I feel like we're at the britches stage, so that's where I'm going. Okay, keep going. Um, <laughs> hey, let me tell the story. I need to tell it. So after he took off his britches, pillowcase man struck him in the head with a pistol twice. Oh, damn. Um, so he fell to the ground. Not knocked out, though. Mary later told investigators that the noise was so loud she had initially thought Jimmy had been shot when it was actually his skull fracturing. Oh, no. Mary, thinking that this uh, pillowcase man is after money, grabs Jimmy's wallet and says, here, look, there's no money in here. You know, I'd love to help you, but we can't. Uh, And then pillowcase man struck her in the head with a blunt object and told her to run. Oh, she tries to flee towards a ditch, apparently, but the fan or the um, you know phantom killer pillow- pillowcase man tries to order her to run into a different direction up the road. Mary spotted a car off the road that was empty. Pillowcase man found her and asked her why she was running. What? When she responded, you told me to run. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she said when she responded. That he had told her to do so, he called her a liar before knocking her down and sexually assaulting her with the barrel of his gun. Whoa, that just went so zero to 60. Thank you. Oh my gosh. I'm aware. Oh my God, the gun. The gun. Uh... After the assault, Mary fled on foot running about a half a mile to a nearby house. 
I'm assuming the one that was 100 yeah. yards away. She attempted to call for a passing car by the residents, but was ignored. Mary awoke one of the residents and called the police. So she did eventually get help. Good. Um, but what about Jimmy? You asked. Like, he was, you know, yeah, knocked Jimmy to the die? ground. He regained consciousness. Sorry, I am mistaken. He did pass out for a brief moment. Uh, he regained consciousness, but while she was fleeing, he was able to flag down someone coming down the road. Uh, but the motorist left Jimmy there and drove to a nearby funeral home to call the police. What? It's what? the 40s. He was like, I don't know that I can trust you. Even though this guy's Jimmy's probably, probably like bleeding. Blood. Yeah, I was like, even though he's probably... I mean, it's the 40s. I guess you can't trust nobody then. No. Um, so within 30 minutes, the Bowie... Bowie? Bowie? B-O-W-I-E? Bowie. Bowie. Bowie County Sheriff W.H. Bill Presley and three other officers arrived it's at the like scene. cowboy. <laughs> I mean... W.H. Presley? W.H. Bill was his... Presley. Bill Presley. Bill Presley. Uh, and three other officers arrived at the scene of the attack. But the assailant had already left. They found Jimmy's pants a hundred yards away from the parked car. What? Oh, I forgot he took his pants off. Why? So, I mean, we know Jimmy didn't move them. So <laughs> I guess the pillowcase guy was like, these pants are now souvenir. And but then left, left them. them. Uh, Mary was hospitalized overnight for a minor head injury. And Jimmy was hospitalized for several days to recover from multiple school fractures. They both gave their report to the police of the attacker, but they have conflicting memories. Uh, One of them thought that he was an African-American and the other thought he was white and around 30 years old, but couldn't claim any features since he was hooded and the flashlight was shown into their faces. That's a very big difference. Yeah. I think, I think one said a light skinned African-American and then one said a very tan white male. So, oh, so okay. I, 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 it was dark. All right, but they both that. agreed that they were like he is at least six feet tall. Okay, big dude. I was like, so we got that. Law enforcement repeatedly challenged Mary's account and believed that she and Jimmy knew the identity of their attacker, attacker, and were covering for him. Well, but why would they? Why would they? I was like, she was raped, and By Jimmy a gun. got. Got school fractures. Like, why would they try to cover for this dude? Thanks, police. Anyway. 1940s. 1940s. But, uh, here's what I wrote. But, like, why would they cover for him? Mary was raped. Jimmy was disrobed. I don't think that was some weird role play for them. They have no reason to cover and try to keep their attacker in disguise. True. Both of them survived. Good, good. All right. Now, we're moving along to March. This was in February. Now we're in March 24th. Uh, Richard Griffin, 29, and girlfriend, Polly Ann Moore, 17. I was like, you thought the last one was an age difference. Oh my gosh, her mom doesn't know. Literally 12 years older. March 24th, Richard and Polly were both found dead in his Oldsmobile. That was quick. I'm going to get to the, I'm going to get to the stuff. This one didn't have, this specific case didn't have a whole lot of detail, which I was fine with because so many of the others did. A motorist, just someone driving by, saw them in the car between 8.30 and 9 a.m. and they were dead. At first, he didn't think he was dead. He thought he was asleep. Richard was found between the front seats with his head resting on his crossed hands and his pockets turned inside out. So furthermore proving that we're thinking maybe he's after money, but like, 
but he didn't care about the money in the first one, even though he didn't well, really they have didn't any have money. money in the first one too. Um, and then Polly Ann was uh, Polly Polly Ann. It said Polly space Ann. Okay. I'm assuming it's one word, but Polly Ann was found sprawled face down in the back seat. There's evidence saying that they were actually, or she was actually killed on the outside of the car on a blanket and then moved into the car. the car. Okay. So Richard was shot twice in the car. Both were shot once in the back of the head and neither had any clothing removed. Like execution style? Like execution style. Uh. Rough, I know. So following following this murder, or this double homicide, police launched a citywide investigation with both Texas and Arkansas City Police. Three days later, they had interviewed 50 to 60 people, some of a local bar that was just down the road. Uh, and then in another three days, they had posted a $500 reward to gain any info. But it only led to 100 false leads. Oh. But I, I'm like, $500 back in the 40s was nothing to scoff at. I mean, milk costs like a quarter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was like, you don't, you can do a lot with five hundred dollars. Okay, so we're moving to the second double homicide. Paul Martin, seventeen. Oh, young guy too. And Betty Joe Booker, fifteen. Oh no! I know, I know. So Saturday, April twenty third. So we're this was it's three like weeks after month. the first, three weeks after the second. So, exactly three weeks from the first murder, you know, 23rd, 24th, uh, Betty Jo was playing her saxophone during her weekly gig with her band, the Rhythmeries. Rhythmeries. Rhythm. I think that's how you say it. At the VFW Club, which is already really, I'm really happy for her. <clears throat> Around 1.30 a.m. on Sunday, her fa- her friend Paul picked her up from the gig, uh, and this was the last time they were seen alive. Paul was found at 6.30 by the neighboring family and their son. He had been shot four times, one through the nose. <gasps> oh, gosh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sorry, you <was> just like... <laughs> Stopped my breathing for I, a minute. I was like, as a nurse, I felt like you would be okay with this, but... Oh, I just... I don't like the nose very much. All right, so one through the nose, one through the left fourth rib from behind, one in the right hand, and then one in the back of the neck. I don't understand how, like, I'm assuming a struggle was definitely put up in order to be shot in all these different places. Yes. Um, Paul fought. Paul definitely fought. I think Betty did as well. Betty Jo was found at 1130 behind AM, behind a tree, almost two miles from Paul. And a search party had actually been put together, which I th- I thought was interesting only because it happened. She It's only noon, essentially, from the day before. It's not like she's really been gone that long. Like, for all her parents know, again, this is the 40s, so it's a little different. Wait, when did they find Paul? They found Paul at 6.30. And they found her at what time? 11.30. Four oh, hours so maybe later. they found Paul and they were like... Yeah, and they were like, that's... His, oh my that's, gosh. That was her ride, yeah. and now we're not sure where she is. Yeah. So they put together a search party. They found her um, about two miles from Paul behind a tree. She was lying on her back with her right hand and her pocket of her overcoat also fully clothed. Um, Betty Jo had only been shot twice, once in the chest and once in the face. Oh, gosh. Yes. Isn't that what they say, like... Attacks to the face or, like, out of anger? Probably. I haven't heard that, but I'm sure it probably is out Like, shooting someone in the face is, like, a really angry thing to do. I just can't figure out, like, 
For what reason? Like, these people pose no threat to you. A 13-year-old? She's 15. She's 15? (laughs) Haley, this is why you're here. She's 15. She's 15. Anyways, also still no threat. I mean, yes, but like, you know, why do killers do the things that they do? With a saxophone. (sighs) Saxophone. So, Paul's car was found three miles from Betty and a mile and a half from Paul. It was parked outside Spring Lake Park with the keys still in it. After examination, it showed both had put up quite a struggle, as I said. Um, law enforcement was unable to... <laughs> I I put this in parentheses. Freaking law enforcement. Law enforcement was unable to locate Booker's saxophone at the crime scene. The saxophone was eventually discovered around six months later, on October 24th, still in its black imitation leather case, in underbrush near where Booker's body had been found. I was like, so you didn't really do that well of an investigation of the scene. Wait, yeah. Six months later. And it was in a bush near her? Yeah. They were like, we couldn't find it. And then six months later, they're like, oh. Unless he brought it back. Unless he brought it back. You are absolutely. Or unless they just didn't do very thorough crime scene. It was was the the 40s. 40s. I don't. Yeah. When did they get like really good at all that CSI stuff? Great question. Yeah. We should know this if we're doing this sort of podcast. We should know this. We We should should look it up. We'll look it up later. Anyway. um, So this time, the reward was raised from $500 to $1,700. (gasps) Dang. You can buy a house. That's a lot of money in the 40s. Yeah. Uh, One rumor was that the local minister turned his own son in for the murders. Like, that's a shitty dad. I mean, also a minister, so like you're living by God or whatever, but Girl, you turn your own son in. If I had the suspicion that my child had murdered four people and attacked two other ones, I would be throwing their butts in jail. That's I'm not going to yeah, like if if I thought they had done it, then that that's doubt. That's that's I fair. would do that's it. Fair. Well, they didn't give any more information on that son, so I don't know how old he was. I mean, I don't know anything about him. He has already committed two double homicides. Moving on. Virgil Starks, 37, and his wife, Kate Starks, 36. Again, three weeks later. Oh my gosh. He has like OCD or something. Maybe. So Friday, May 3rd, before 9 p.m., Virgil was a farmer and a welder, so a hardworking man, uh, and his wife were at home, about 10 miles northeast of Texarkana. Kate had given him a heating pad and had just turned on the radio, and he sat down to read a magazine, as you do after a long, hard day of work. Kate was lying in her bedroom and heard something outside, so she asked Virgil to turn the radio down. Seconds later, two shots were fired into the back of Virgil's head, killing him. (gasps) Jeez. Yes. Kate didn't hear the shots, only thought so he... The murderer shot through a window. So he thought she, rather Kate, thought that it was just glass breaking. Like that Virgil just dropped something or something, you know, some something in the living room or something. So she came out and uh, rushed to see his dead body. She ran over to the phone to call the police. While the phone was ringing, she was shot in the face twice (gasps) through the same window. One bullet entered her right cheek and exited her left ear. Oh my gosh. The other went in just below her, I put lip, <laughs> lip, uh, breaking her jaw and splintering several teeth before lodging under her tongue. So she lived. 
She lived. Yeah, I was like, you can live from that. She lived. Oh my god. She dropped to her knees, but fight or flight took over, and she ran to the living room to grab a pistol, but was blinded by her own blood. Uh, she turned. She heard the killer tearing through the rusted screen wire on the back porch. Thinking she was going to be killed, she stumbled to the bedroom to write a note. And then because this contains so many details, I quote, this is all from Wikipedia. I quote this next paragraph. Meanwhile, the killer ran to the back of the house and made his way up the steps and into the side screen porch through the back screen door. She heard the killer coming through the kitchen window. So she turned around and ran through the dining room, through the bedroom, down a hallway, through another bedroom, and then into the living room and out the front door, leaving behind a virtual river of blood, quote, and teeth throughout the house and across the street. Barefoot and still in her blood-soaked nightgown, she ran across the street to her sister and brother-in-law's house. Because no one was home, she ran 50 yards more to A.V. Pratter's house. Pratter answered her call for help. She gasped, Virgil's dead, then collapsed. Pratter shot a rifle in the air and summoned another neighbor, Elmer Taylor. Shot a rifle in the air to summon a neighbor. (laughs) Texas. Texas. (laughs) I was like... I guess it's quicker than running over there and knocking on the door because there's no cell phones. Yeah, that's Can't just true. send a quick text. Um, Pratter called to Taylor to bring his car because Mr. and Mrs. Starks had been shot. Taylor, along with Mr. and Mrs. Pratter and their baby, uh, rode with Mrs. Starks to the hospital. Mrs. Starks gave Mr. Taylor, the driver, one of her teeth with a gold filling. She was in a semi-conscious state, slumping forward on the front seat. Although she lost a considerable amount of blood, she showed, showed no signs of going into shock and her heart rate remained normal. Uh, Miller County Sheriff W.E. Davis, who became head of the investigation, questioned Mrs. Starks in the operating room. Which also, like, give the, the lady. operating room? Like, give her a second. You know what I mean? Like, can you just wait a minute? Anyway. The news was printed on the front page the next morning, Saturday, May 4th, reading Murder Rock City Again, Farmer Slain, Wife Wounded. Four days later, Sheriff Davis talked to Mrs. Starks again at the hospital. Mrs. Starks discounted a circulating rumor that Virgil had heard a car outside their home several nights in a row and feared of being killed. Oh, so people were starting rumors saying that someone was coming after him. Let me tell you, the rumors of this moonlight murders there were so many of them that at one point one of the sheriffs had to go onto a radio station and basically say um these only take the officers from the main route of the investigation it is so important that we capture this man that we cannot afford to overlook any lead no matter how fantastic it may seem so many rumors luckily if you want to call it that three clues were found at this murder scene there was a caliber of bullets. This one had had a 22 caliber, but all of the previous murders had had a 32 caliber, so they weren't entirely sure that they were related. Yeah. Um, there was a flashlight found in the hedge underneath the window, the, the window that was shot through. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there were blood prints around the house, including shoe, friend, shoe prints and smudged fingerprints. So we're like, hopefully we're on to something. Of something of the killers. Something. So 47 officers were working around the clock to help investigate and further prevent any further crimes. Some were patrolling lovers' lanes. Some came in with bloodhounds to follow the scents. Um, Officers had detained 12 suspects, but only kept three for further questioning. Unofficial motive amongst the officers, which I don't agree with, was sex mania. 
because large amounts of money and other valuables in the home were not taken. But they only only, only one one was. But she was also assaulted with the gun, so it's like. Yeah. So I'm not really sure exactly why that was the unofficial motive. I couldn't put that together. Just anarchy. I'm like <laughs> whatever, and it was unofficial. But the reward. So remember, it started at 500, and then it went up to 1700. All of the neighbors and everybody in the community had started piling money together. Oh, the wow. reward is now up to $7,025. Oh my goodness. So. Because everyone's like, we don't want to die either. Yes. Unfortunately, on May 9th, the police department was told that the flashlight did not contain any prints. The caliber of bullets did not match. So they couldn't, they couldn't claim that it was the Phantom Killer. And there was no more speculation as far as I could tell on these shoe prints. So Mm. I think it's the 40s and they hadn't had technology yet that would really help them. Did they find this man? (sighs) You may say, why is it called the Phantom Killer? Uh, The police chief said, why not? If the SOB continues to elude capture, he certainly can be called a phantom. That's what the police chief said. (laughs) That's what the police chief said. And this SOB. I was like, honestly, same. Um, okay, so the prime suspect. So Max Tackett, a rookie police officer, had, uh, he was on the case and he was trying to find the fan killer. He had realized a car had been stolen on the night of the murder and found that same car in a parking lot. Okay. Okay. So he staked it out. He was trying to find the owner of the car and he wanted to arrest them and question them. So Peggy comes along, 21 year old Peggy comes along and gets into the car. He arrests her and says, hey, where did you get this car? She says, oh, my husband stole it. He's currently in Atlanta on another gig. Just like casual. My husband just, stole my it. My husband. I mean, she's like, I'm arrested. Like, might as well just come out with the truth, yeah. I guess. It so, wasn't me, officer. It's my husband. <laughs> it wasn't. Listen, I'm trying to clear my name. You hear me? <laughs> so um, she's like, so yeah, my husband stole it. And he's currently in Atlanta, Texas, trying to steal another one. And I'm like, Peggy, how about you shut your trap? You know what I mean? Like, just you're sell, also in, sell your man out. You're incriminating him, by the way. Okay, so that is Peggy and potential husband. Yes. The swineys is what we'll call them. Okay. So the police chief has this guy. He interviewed him a while ago. And he had tried to buy a stolen car. He came to the police chief because he realized the car was stolen. Okay. He was like, hey, I just tried to buy this car. It was stolen. I think maybe you should look into it. It was kind of a dead trail, so the police chief didn't do anything until Max interviewed Peggy. And she was like, hey, my husband steals cars. Okay. The police chief says, hey, how about you use this citizen that came in and use him as bait to try and find this other guy? Because now they have Peggy and they have this random citizen that could probably try and catch this car thief. Car thief okay. is what we'll call him. Got it. He takes him over to the Arkansas Motor Coach bus station because that's where Peggy says he's coming in. Okay. Um, so Max takes the citizen over to the uh, Motor Coach bus station and immediately Taggett sees a man running out of the back of the building. So we're thinking this is probably our guy. Okay. So Tackett runs after him. He catches him on the fire escape. Got it. Makes got sense. him. We got him. This man's name, Ewell. Ewell? Y O U E L L. Y O U E L L. Ewell. Ewell. We're going Ewell. Ewell. Ewell Swiney 
Peggy's husband, is then arrested. That citizen really helped. <laughs> I was like, listen, we got somebody. Let's take that citizen in his bait. <laughs> I just, poor citizen. I'm like, I, they obviously didn't ever disclose his name because he was... Undercover. Undercover. He's an undercover cop. Soon after the arrest, he reported... He reportedly, excuse me, made what might have been incriminating statements. He, as in Yule, made incriminating statements about being a murderer, such as fear of being sentenced to the electric chair. Oh. Note, all they know is that he stole cars. And he was talking about being scared of the electric chair? Yep. Okay. Uh, when police questioned Swiney's wife, Peggy, she confessed in great detail that he was the phantom killer and that he had killed Betty Jo Booker and Paul Martin. Oh, my. Her story changed in some details across several confessions and conversations, and police believe she was withdrawing, or excuse me, withholding some facts due to fear of Swiney or fear of incriminating herself. Several pieces of evidence were stacked against him, including the car Peggy Swiney was arrested for stealing was the one reported missing the night of the murders. Okay. When Tackett caught Yule Swiney on the fire escape, Swiney said, quote, please don't shoot me. Tackett replied, Quote, I'm not going to shoot you for stealing cars. Swiney then replied, quote, Mr. Don't play games with me. You want me for more than stealing cars. Oh. They've never had a conversation before this. Tackett's so why? Like, but I thought you were just a car thief. <laughs> yeah. So like Tackett's obviously onto something because he's like, this car was stolen the night of the murders. Yeah. Maybe they're connected. But Ewell's pretty much incriminating himself saying you want me for more than stolen cars. Yeah. So, another piece of evidence. When Yule was in the police car, he asked Chief Deputy... Chief... Jesus. Chief, <laughs> English is hard. <laughs> it is hard today. He asked Chief Deputy Tillman Johnson, Mr. J- quote, Mr. Johnson, what do you think they'll do to me for this? Will they give me the chair? Johnson replied with, quote, you won't get much, maybe five or ten years. They don't give you the electric chair for stealing cars. That's what I just said. Swiney then said, (laughs) quote, Mr. Johnson, you got me for more than stealing cars. So now not only has he told Tackett, you want me for more than stealing cars. He's now told Deputy Tillman Johnson, he wants you for more than stealing cars. Yeah. Like he's basically telling everybody, hey, by the way, I've done more. I've done way more than steal cars. Yeah. The last little tidbit of information of the, um, you know, evidence stacked against him When the lawyer told Peggy that her husband was being held for murder, she exclaimed, how did they find it out? So, needless to say, we're thinking Yule's our guy, right? Like he's, I mean, even if he's not necessarily the phantom killer, he's definitely murdered somebody. He's shady. He's shady af. Here were the things why he was not convicted of these crimes. What? Hmm. Yule's fingerprints did not match any of the latent prints at the Booker Martin crime scene. Peggy Swiney recanted her confession. And after trying to validate Peggy's story, officers deduced that Peggy was not telling the truth and that on the night of the murder of Booker and Martin, the couple was sleeping in their car under a bridge near San Antonio. Under a bridge. This is an unsolved murder. Oh, great. All of the uh, phantom murders, all of the um, moonlight murders are unsolved. Oh, that's not good. And you can't trust nobody because this was in the 40s. 
He was apparently a 30-year-old man, so he's probably not alive anymore. If he is, he's very, very old. 30, 40. No, he's definitely not alive. I was like, I'm trying to do math. <laughs> he's definitely not Jeez. alive. Sorry. I mean, he could. I mean, he'd be very, very, I mean, 120. But they stopped. So they stopped after that last couple? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was only active during the spring of 1946. And then maybe... It probably was Yule, and then he got scared when they brought him in. Maybe. I wonder if he left town and just... I, You know, there was never any more on Yule. There probably was, but I didn't go that in-depth, so... Yeah. Dang. That is the uh, Texarkana Moonlight Murders. I didn't like... I didn't like those. I'm so... <laughs> I'm so sorry. All the unsolved murders? Can't trust nobody. Can't trust nobody. Can't trust nobody. So, um, yeah, that was our that was our first broadcast. I feel like we should end something on a positive note. Because. Oh, well, it's still going. <laughs> All right. Ashlyn. <laughs> I just closed it while it was recording. So my bad. Ashlyn's no longer allowed to be in charge of these things. Well, I didn't want to be. Just for the, just to be frank, you were taking care of this. My computer wasn't working. Well, okay. it didn't like you. It didn't like me today. Anyways. It liked me yesterday, not today. So, um. So yeah, how should we close these things? I don't know. Something positive. Something positive. Something positive. Something positive. Um, it's Saturday. It is Saturday. It is the freaking weekend, and I am excited for that. It's the freaking weekend. Air freshener just went off again. <laughs> <laughs> so Haley is known to make up her own lyrics to songs. Yeah, there you go. I'm I so proud. It. Yeah. I'm going to the aquarium good. tomorrow. Oh, you are. Yes, that's true. You are going to the aquarium. That's closing. The Dallas Aquarium is closing. Well, we tried to end it on a positive and we're just going to crush all kids' dreams. <laughs> <It's> so sad. Got <laughs> <laughs> to get one more visit in before it closes. <laughs> yes. Do you know when it's closing? No. Was it you that told me that? No, well, death was not, no you told me that. Oh. No, someone at work told me that because mm. I said I was going to get tickets and they're like, oh, you know, it's like not being funded anymore. I was like, Damn. what? Sad day. I don't yes. even know the last time I went. Maybe in college? So you should come tomorrow with me. I don't Oh my gosh, she's so mean. So sorry. Um, but yeah, I guess I hope y'all enjoyed that. And um, you can't trust nobody. Can't trust nobody. All right, bye. Thanks, bye. <laughs>